Welcome back to the banquet hall, everyone. Uh, very excited to bring y'all a brand new episode uh, featuring Akia. Akia is the CEO slash founder of Black Vanity Cosmetics. Uh, she has the Hustle Lab LLC and looking forward to having those conversations with her today. How about Akia, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, just looking forward to the conversation today. Uh, Kia was actually recommended by our first interview. E uh, Jada recommended Akia. So uh, already liking to see the different businesses that we're interviewing kind of feeding into each other and just bringing new voices into the podcast. And uh, this is a very unique interview because Akia and I met for the first time five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just excited. Everything that I'm about to learn today, learning for the first time is the first time we're seeing each other face to face. But uh, that's the beauty of social media nowadays, being able to connect with people from across the nation. So uh, first things first, Akia, why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about where you're from? Where are you joining us from today? Okay, so my hometown is Trenton, New Jersey. So I'm coming to you from Jersey. Um, Trenton's the capital, but it's a small inner city um yes yeah, a little bit about where I'm from is so much it's art creative um grew up around a lot of music hip-hop um dance theater like you name it it's, it's a lot in trend um but we're one of the smaller cities so a lot of people sleep on us but it's a lot there <laughs> yeah well I mean it sounds like you got a lot of trend and pride um and you talk about people sleeping on training i'm from los angeles california so definitely the opposite of a smaller city um, <laughs> so i'm always curious when i meet people or talk to people from other places uh what is it about trenton that like you love the most or what is it that people really be sleep on with your hometown i feel like growing up like you know every inner city has its good and its bad right so like but one of the things I always feel like is that hustle culture and that's kind of where my marketing agency the hustle lab that's where the name came from was just like you see so many people just doing their thing. Like, it's just like, I don't know, the city, they don't always call it that, but the city is like entrepreneurial in nature. It's like, it's always somebody that's like making clothes or selling platters mm -hmm. or babysitting kids, or it's like always something going on as far as like people developing their crafts. It's like, I, I grew up seeing a lot of that. Um, although people didn't really have like the business savvy on how to take it from beyond just like just your kitchen or just your backyard or or just like right in the city um I felt like the city needed resources to do that but overall like the energy is there the creative spirit is there I think that's where the Trenton pride in me comes from anybody who knows me is like I'm Trenton down to my socks like like <laughs> I'll rep my city um wherever I go um but and then that's the other part of it is I feel like if you're from Trenton if anybody listening is from Trenton then they know like when you meet someone else from Trenton, it's just love. Like, so yeah. Hey, you you got me to put respect on Trenton. Like, I think that's the most <laughs> uh that's the most Jersey love I've heard. So hey, put Trenton on. I love it. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your journey before we get to some of your endeavors. Uh, so can you walk us through like any like educational experiences that led to you becoming involved in marketing, involved in your businesses? Like, is, is there a college course you took or what led to you getting where you are today? Right. So um, my educational background has went through a lot of phases. Um, so I was growing up, like I said, inner city kid. I'm seeing all these things, but sometimes the pieces don't always connect because it's not always resources. 
for that. And I think I kind of got involved with entrepreneurship in school. I was going to the Village Charter School in Trenton and I was in middle school. And this was during the phase, I don't know if anybody else remembers, but the, during the phase where like everything was duct tape crazy, like when the duct tape mm. started patterns mm -hmm. yeah i was the person that like customized people's crown boxes and oh, wow. holders and i would like wrap duct tape pins and duct tape bows that girls could put in their hair and i think that was like my first taste of entrepreneurship for real but then i went ahead and i actually started a business which was like um uh this was, I guess you could kind of say, the best way I can describe it is we would just fix clothes. So like if you ripped your favorite pair of jeans, you send them to us, we we fix it. I don't know what that industry is called. I guess yeah. it's just fashion, but um, that's where I kind of started. And then I didn't, I kind of brushed it off, like something to the side. Like it was just like something I did, but I didn't really take it serious. I feel like when we were growing up, there was not a lot of conversation about how to turn those ideas into businesses, like what entrepreneurship was. Like we were taught, like you got to aspire to be like a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, or like some profession that already existed. And then I went to, I went through a community-based organization at the time it was called New Jersey Seeds, but now it's, I think it's just called Seeds Access. And this was like this nonprofit that helped kids from the hood basically get an opportunity to go to private school where the schooling system was better to kind of cultivate our talents. And um, I got into the program. I got into a private school. I was on scholarship. And so I got experience to this whole new realm. Like now there was like a lot more resources at my disposal. I got to meet different people. I'm going to school with like famous people's kids oh, wow. and, and like people like Panera Bread's kids like stuff like that and it's just like oh wow and you just start looking around you meet people and stuff but I'm still just kind of like brushing entrepreneurship off this whole time I'm telling people I'm going to be a financial analyst like I'm good with numbers I, I know numbers like the back of my hand I'm going to be a financial analyst and then I get to college and I'm finally able to study business and I'm going to the University of Richmond at the time and I think I took my first entrepreneurship elective and it was called um uh, entrepreneurship and innovation and that they're kind of walking you through like how to kind of take that idea and to do something with it like to start mm -hmm. testing start getting in front of people um and that was the first time I, I had ever heard the um, MVP or minimum viable product mm -hmm. where they're like you know make the product cheaply and get it into somebody's hands like I come from a culture where it's like, you don't tell anybody your idea because yep. you're going to steal it. So like to go to college and then to say, actually like share your idea while it's young, get feedback while it's, while it's still in the idea phase. I was like, uh, but then once I started to like really apply what I was learning in those college classes is when I started to really, really be able to see that entrepreneurship could really be my job. It didn't have to be, I didn't have to have it as a side hustle that entrepreneurship could be my job and that's when um like like vanity kind of came around my sophomore year so I was just really getting into those electives but now I was able to like literally I would learn something in class and do the same thing for black vanity which is mm. my, my self-care boutique and then with black vanity under my belt when I that's when I kind of explored like I like working in the social media world I don't always although I make content now I wasn't always as confident making content but I was good behind the scenes because numbers was always my thing so looking at analytics and looking at consumer data is how I was able to come up with strategies so now that I 
I'm like, now I'm here catching up to speed. I graduated in May of 2022. It's like, now I'm able to kind of loop everything all together and kind of literally what I learned in school, kind of try to see where that applies. But, you know, entrepreneurship to a lot of the learning was messing up really. Um, right. Yeah. Oh no, that's beautiful. And uh, May, 2022. So you just graduated a little over half a year ago. So congratulations first and yeah, foremost. Thank you. Um, but you. you're, you're definitely speaking my language. I actually just finished my master's in business literally a oh, week wow. ago. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so when you talk about things like the MVP, the minimum viable product, I think that's very important because like you said, I feel like our community sometimes it's like, don't let nobody know. So you fully sure of exactly what you're trying to do. Uh, also, I think a concept that stuck with me is like fail fast and often like fell early, yeah. fell off um, which for a perfectionist like myself, I was like, I don't want to fail like at, at all. all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's really beautiful how your educational journey kind of just tied into that entrepreneurship build. Um, before we get into Black Vanity specifically, I'm wondering as you progressed throughout your educational experiences and as you grew as an entrepreneur, were there any like people you looked up to or role models that kind of were mirroring what you wanted to see out of yourself? You know, it's so funny, it's funny you ask that. Like, for the longest, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, when people would ask me that question, like, who do I look up to? And then I remember, like, it was like Black History Month. And I was, like, in school. And the book that I gravitated, like, the person I gravitated towards, you had to, like, go to the library, find a book, read about that person. This is, like, back when people actually did book reports. It, w it wasn't online. You had to, like, be in the, in the library and actually find all these books and, like, quote the sources. And... I did Madam C.J. Walker. Mm. And now that I think about it, I feel like those things weren't related. But like in hindsight, I think it pretty much was. Madam C.J. Walker, I, I was fascinated by her journey, especially about how like she navigated as a woman going through like her own personal journey. Like, um, you know, between like trying to start a family and getting married and understanding herself as a person and then watching her kind of like really change history and have no clue that that's what she's doing like she kind of just saw a need and she went after it like and then she now she's madam cj walker mm -hmm. um so that was like my first like thinking back like that was kind of one of my first things and like when they came out with her um like biopic or like di documentary maybe what was that a few years ago like i that was the first like i, I wanted to watch it as soon as it came out <laughs> so i realized like so i'm gonna put her up there um definitely like believe it or not um, civil rights activists, Malcolm X, like people like that really were inspiration to me because it also showed me how to guide myself and principles and being ethical in business. Like um, business is going to exist anywhere there's kind of people like some people specialize in cooking, some people specialize mm -hmm. in farming, some people specialize in whatever. And when we specialize in what we do best and we hire for the rest, we tend to have better lives because we focus on what we actually enjoy. But in the process, like what are we doing to uplift the people that we're serving? Like, and it, is it ethical? Are we, how are we going about things? So I can definitely say those, like a lot of civil rights activists, um, you talk about like your Angela Davis, like even people like Audrey Lord, Malcolm X, like as much as people think, oh, that's social justice is unrelated to business. I personally don't feel that way. Like I feel like business is about the people. And if we're going to talk about people, we have to talk about people for real. <laughs> um, and then I think if I'm coming more up to speed, like as far as like more modern day, people that I look at and I'm like kind of amazed at their journey is G Herbo and Tiana Taylor. Yeah. 
those are two people that I kind of seen, like, maybe I resonate with the fact that they came up out the hood just like me, mm-hmm. but two people that I've seen kind of, they found their way in and then they knew how to expand like their business or their brand. Like G Herbo, he went from just being like this drill artist that was just like making music on YouTube to now he's kind of using his platform to talk about mental health and how that affects our community. And now he, his bag is kind of getting a lot different the more I see him tap into who he is. And like Tiana Taylor, like she started with music, took her like 10 years to blow up. And now she kind of stepped away from music and she's on the production side and she's into uh, makeup and and, uh, Mm -hmm. fashion. So it's like watching them kind of expand as they're not just artists anymore. Like, you know, they're they're business people watching them make those moves. And like G Herbo, I can tell, like I was watching one of his interviews, he wants to be able to bring other people with him. Like eventually starts signing people. So if he hasn't already. So it's like looking at people like that. And it's crazy because they're not far off in age from me. Like they're right. definitely older than me, but it's not like a huge like age gap. So they kind of make me feel like it's possible. No, I think that's beautiful. And you touched on something really important with civil rights activists, because I think that you're right. A lot of people, when they think of the civil rights movement, they look at it for social justice and its impact on history. But a lot of that impact on history came down to business, like whether it's negotiation tactics, whether it's like just figuring out like how to brand different movements, all of these different things are facets of business. So I think it's really interesting when you start to hear where people's inspiration comes from, because inspiration can come from such a wide variety of places. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I want to talk a little bit about Black Vanity Cosmetics now. So uh, you gave us a little bit of the origin story with where you were in your entrepreneurship journey when you came up with the idea. But how about you give us like the quick little spiel or elevator pitch about Black Vanity Co.? And then we can talk about why skincare is important to you and just get into it from there. Yeah. So with Black Vanity, I actually started with the co-founder, my best friend. Her name's Marlena. Uh, we went to high school together and we kind of our, pla- our past kind of split. She went to St. Joe's in Philadelphia. I was at the University of Richmond in Richmond, Virginia. But through the process, like we're keeping in contact, we FaceTime, we talk all the time. And we're just venting about like our problems really. Like, and one of the things we're venting about is like our skin. Like we're like, why is our skin acting up? For me, it was my eczema. For her, I know she was going through like, you know, acne and things like that. So she was just like, you know, like, what what can we do? And we both realized that in the process, we're like researching how to make our own products and making it for ourselves. And then one day we had this idea where we're like, well, if you make what you make and I make what I make, let's put it together. And there's probably other people who need what we're doing right now, you know? So like at the time I had like stopped buying lotion from like Target and Walmart because it just wasn't working. Like, and I'm being completely honest, um, this is probably like the first time I really opened up about that story, really like dive deep. I'm being honest, I was spending like $10 on lotion and still ashy. And I was just like, why am I so dry? Like, <laughs> I just put all of this, I ain't gonna drop no names, I don't wanna bash nobody else's brand, but right. like, why am I putting all this lotion on? And then like, to the point where I'm putting the lotion in my backpack so that I don't get caught laughing. Like, so I don't get caught out here ashy. Like, so I'm like, this has, like, this can't be right. Like, I can't walk around this bottle of lotion. And like, we're laughing about it between her and I, but I'm like, no, like, I'm actually sick of this. Like, and then don't let it be wintertime. Oh, it's a wrap if it's wintertime. Like, almost like a chalkboard. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So, um, 
Yeah, so I started whipping shea butter. That's how it started with me. And with her, she's making different types of like uh scrubs and stuff like that. So I'm like, let's put it together. We put it together. And at first, her and I are both nervous, but we like, let's just do it. So at the time, like I said, my my business school career, I'm learning about some of this stuff. So I feel kind of prepared. Like I, but the thing was, I was focusing on things that I learned in entrepreneurship probably should not spend that much time on them. Like, um, I, I did have a business plan. I think business plans are important, but when they tell you that the minute you finish that, you print that business plan out, it's probably outdated. That is so true because when you start getting stuff in front of customers, things start changing before your eyes and start, and start going in places that you couldn't even think of cause you didn't know. Um, and so once I kind of like was like, okay, like business is more about the people, more about the experience. Um, that's when we started sort of started to like expand our products line. And she would make stuff and ship them to ship the stuff to me. I take pack up this suitcase, right? Like I'm coming from New Jersey to Virginia, a five hour train ride. Cause my mom didn't drop me off every time, every break. Right. Packing up this huge suitcase, suitcase heavier than me, <laughs> with products and my clothes to go back to school. And I'm taking everything with me back to school and I'm selling it. I'm dropping it off at people's dorms. I'm really pushing it. And that's kind of where where it comes, where like the origin story comes from. And and since then, um, my co-founder is still very my very much so my best friend, but um she stepped away. She's focusing on her career in healthcare. But I was like, I'm gonna keep it alive. So she helps where she can and we I've been keeping the brand alive since. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a beautiful kind of origin story. Um, I noticed on the website that there are a couple other members of the team, too, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you talked a little bit about the founding of it, but how did you go into choosing the other members of the team? Because I think when it comes to putting on a business or starting a business, the team that's putting it together is, is only as strong as a team. So how does that process go for you? Yeah, so... Um... You know, at first, um, I, I'm a self-made type of person. All I know is me. So at first, building a team was like, mm, are they going to get it done as well as I can? And then I was like, well, I'm not getting done anything well because I have too much on my plate and some things are not getting done. And so the first person on my team was actually an accident. Um, she's my another one of my good friends. We've been friends yikes, for, like, for like years, like since middle school. It's some years now. And um, she just started, she's just on TikTok having fun, but she's making videos with my products because she's genuinely buying and using them and she's making mm. videos. And I'm like, sis, like, come on to the team so I can like pay you for this. Like, this is good. This is good content. And you're just making this just out of fun. Like, imagine if you really did put some, some like real professional, like, push behind this like this is dope so she comes on the team and she's like you don't even gotta pay me much like I just want to do it so I was like oh wow and then the more her and I start working I drop a few of her videos on her Instagram followers start going up immediately so I'm like boom this is this is what this is the first light bulb that goes up in my head because I'm like I was nervous about somebody being able to do it like I can and to be honest she blew it out the park like and she didn't <laughs> even try so um I was like okay then the next thing um the next person comes on is actually my mom and I helped her found um her customer experience agency where she really just focuses on really making the customer experience the best it could possibly be 
So she takes a deep dive into like our internal processes. And although she doesn't develop the processes, she advises us in the development so that when the customer sees it on the external side, they're getting the best that we can. So she's coming with me to pop-up shop. She's auditing our website. She's looking at our social media and she sends me things like, hey, you just dropped a collection, but you didn't answer how to use it. You need to make a video mm. and answer, like how to, because that's a part of the customer experience. And then she also helps us with our customer service. So if we ever get questions or good or bad reviews, she's the person to respond and say, hey, thank you for your feedback. This is what we can do to remedy the problem if it's a, if it's a problem or this is what, um, thank you, we appreciate you. And here's a token of our appreciation sometimes. So she, when my mom came on, she was like a like a blessing that I didn't even know that I needed right in my mm. business because I was just like well I put it out there I put the instructions on the label like something more I could do my mom was like no like you need to do this you need to send this email out you need to make sure this is being done so that helped to inform my marketing to make sure that the customer experience was cohesive across online platforms in-person sales like so she's like the glue that kind of binds our company together and then now we have two other brand ambassadors that kind of after my first friend Anissa came on and it was an accident I realized I could replicate this and so now we have other brand ambassadors that kind of have different experiences, different walks of life that um, sort of inform the content we're publishing. Because if I'm going to say I'm here to help everybody kind of feel like their best self, I have to show and provide that representation. So that's really where our team is and, and we're continuing to grow. I hope to bring on new interns, new new talent in the new year so. That's really kind of how the team came about. That's wonderful. I think that there's obviously a lot of intentionality to the work that you're doing. And I can just see the kind of business and entrepreneurship wheels turning in your head when you're talking about like all the different aspects of the business. So no, that's that's wonderful to hear about. Um, one more question specifically about kind of your company, Black Vanity Cosmetics. Uh, of course, I think that there's a lot of folks out there who are trying to do their own skincare things. So there's a lot of different opportunities for Black-owned skincare products. What makes Black Vanity Cosmetics different? So what makes Black Vanity Cosmetics like different is the fact that it's centered around building a better you. Um, and by that, I mean, I, I've been saying, like, I want to help you feel like your best self, be you. And I'm like, I kind of need, I think if I'm looking at my journey of when I started Black Vanity, I'm a completely different woman than I was back in 2019 when I started. And so if I just say be you, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> so now I'm starting to dive into like this idea of holistic health and that the mind and the body and the spirit and the soul and, and that all connects to one another and in order for us to feel like our best selves we need to be healthy in all of those regards so how are you caring for your emotions how are you taking care of your mental space versus where it quite literally physically people don't people don't think about it but your skin is your largest organ so what you're putting in and around it is important um and then also your skin can tell you if it's something going on like people don't realize like if it's something going on inside that might explain why your skin is dull or why you're having acne. So sometimes those are telltale signs to take a deeper look. And so I'm calling people to say like, you know, you might have acne or you might have these dark marks or you might be struggling with your eczema or your psoriasis, right? But take a deeper look. It, are you eating cupcakes and McDonald's french fries every day? Because 
that might be what's coming out. And it's not to say you can't enjoy those things on occasion, but it's not working for your body. Your body isn't getting what it needs and your skin is telling you. So listen. And so I think that's what makes us different is um, now I'm really pushing forward with this whole message of holistic health. And whereas I'm not a doctor, I hope to bring in experts that can kind of tell people like, yeah, like skincare and hair care is healthcare. This is a part of taking care of self. And then also when you are actually in the practice of not putting yourself on a back burner, pouring into yourself on a consistent basis, that's affecting that mental and emotional space. So skincare, it's kind of that, that gateway to start both of those journeys towards a better bodily health or a better mental health or both. Wow. I'm sold. Um, <laughs> I think that that was excellent. You're obviously someone who has a marketing background, so I'm not surprised whatsoever, but <laughs> uh, I like just how thorough and intentional of an answer that was, because I think sometimes people might just default to like the specific ingredients that are in their skincare products. But I think that you've thought very critically about the entire story to the product that you're bringing to your customers. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. And so, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast episode, you were actually recommended to me by Jada from Black Beauty Near You. Uh, I interviewed her for episode one of this podcast. So I definitely appreciate her feeding more people into the podcast. So how did you come across Black Beauty Near You? And what was that collaboration like between y'all? First, shout out to Jada. Love her dearly. And it's crazy because, like, we just met and we, like, just been vibing since. Um, Black Beauty Near You actually popped up on my TikTok. And I was like, wait a minute. And really, the first video that popped up was her kind of talking about, like, are you struggling to get hair care products to your PWI? And I was like, where was this when I was in school? And I started looking and I was like, wait a minute, this is a beauty supply store. Like this isn't just somebody just giving you whatever's available. She wants to be a beauty supply store for the people who don't have, so you can get it shipped straight to your dorm. So I was like, okay. And on a whim, I didn't think she was going to answer. On a whim, I just emailed her like, hey, like I went through this experience and I didn't have you in my life. And I wish that I did because I could have navigated going to a PWI as a black girl completely different with your service. And I want to help you push that service further. So let's collab. Let's see what we can do together to better serve more people. Because I know that everybody needs to know about you. Uh, like everybody. I don't care who you are. Whether, whether you are a black or a brown girl at a PWI. Everybody needs to know about Black Beauty near you and needs to find a way to support it. Because she's serving a real need. And people don't know how big that need is until, I guess, unless you talk to somebody or until you go through it. You're a person with natural hair stuck on this campus. And all they got for you is some conditioner that don't work for your hair and like a scrunchie and a bobby pin and it's like what am I supposed to do and then people don't know like I'll break like I could break it down for the people because <laughs> like you spend you spend twenty dollars to get to the beauty supply store you yep. spend whatever you want to spend inside the store and then you spend another twenty dollars to get back if you got an uber if you don't have a car on campus like that's crazy so you spent forty dollars in transportation plus whatever you needed to because there's not a there's not any products available in your campus store there's not a beauty supply nearby and walk in walking distance so it's just like and even if you get on public transportation you still got to pay for that <laughs> so it's like you know, trying to get the products that you need or you're waiting until winter or fall break to try to like 
stock up and bring it all back with you. Mm-hmm. And so as someone who I did the commute, I was traveling by train five hours to school. So I can't imagine somebody that has to fly back to school or something like that. And you got to pay for extra, extra bags or whatever, because you're trying to take full size products or risk it being thrown away. So it's just like, it's just like a whole process that I shouldn't have to go through just to take care of myself. And so I just really felt like we let's work girl. Cause we got people to serve. <laughs> nah, that's real. Uh, Jada. Cause I know Jada listens to everyone. These episodes, Jada, you're going to have to pay me to get this audio clip for uh, <laughs> marketing. Cause hell you sold you sold me on black beauty near you again. And I was already sold on it. So <laughs> I love seeing the love share between our black businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to black beauty near you. Mm-hmm. So kind of rounding out this podcast, I wanted to leave some space to talk about the hustle lab. Uh, you have a background in marketing. Marketing seems like something, one, that you're excellent at just naturally hearing you talk about your own businesses and just the whole little marketing spiel you just gave on Black Beauty Near You. So I want you to talk about kind of what marketing means for you and then how like the Hustle Lab plays a role in your endeavors in your everyday life. So on a like basic level for me, I feel like I didn't know it about myself until fairly recently, but um marketing really helps me to bring my analytical mind my gift for numbers with my creative side my love for fashion and aesthetics and so when it came together at first it was kind of it's kind of messy because I was like you know like what am I doing because even though I went to business school I went to business school for business admin so I kind of had experience um for people that don't know when you in a business administration uh like program, you're going to take a little bit of finance, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of accounting, you take a little bit of anything. And then you could kind of take that degree and like focus wherever you want to go. And so I didn't think that marketing was what my focus was going to be, but I can't imagine myself anywhere else, like at this point. And so now like marketing for me is bigger. Like it's about like creating connection and relationships and interacting with people's emotions and that's where I say like ethics is a big part of it because I'm not about manipulating people and sometimes marketing can be like confused with manipulation I don't want to manipulate you but I do want to create an experience that you won't forget even if it is just a commercial or just the Instagram reel or just a uh, picture on Facebook it has to be an emotional experience and so um, I do a lot of my work comes from the fact that just talking to people um and it's crazy because if you know me like I'm like reserved personally but it's something about when I know I'm in business mode um it's just like let's get to it and I just want to ask questions and I just want to hear the answers and so that's kind of where my like love of marketing and maybe that's what you hear when you hear me talk it's always great feedback to know like I guess it's coming through because I get anxious about that like do people pick up what I put down um, but yeah, like that's kind of where my love of marketing and that's where the hustle app was born. No, and I can affirm again and again, it definitely comes out. Maybe when you uh, <laughs> watch this episode back or people list this episode, they'll see the love for marketing come out. Just like literally that clip about black beauty near you. I think that should be on Jada's website. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I personally think you're doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of rounding us out here, a couple of quicker questions, uh, one, were there any times where you wanted to kind of give up on your business or entrepreneurship? And if so, how did you overcome? And if not, or just in general, like what advice do you give to people who might be struggling to stay consistent with their passions? 
Let me tell you, anybody who told you they didn't want to give up is an absolute lie. Entrepreneurship <laughs> will challenge you in every way possible, personally, professionally, mentally, physically, it will challenge you. And I think for me, definitely, I wanted to throw the towel in a few times, especially um, trying to manage two businesses at once. I'm what they call a serial entrepreneur. I start a lot of projects. Some of them I start and I, like, I won't say sell, but I start and I kind of let somebody else take. And then some of them I keep and I and I have a big part of um, pushing it forward. But um Overall, in each of those experiences, being somebody, like I said in the beginning, I started my first business. I was in middle school. I was 10 years old. And so I kind of have done it, failed, done it, failed. And then these are the two where I took that conglomerate of failure <laughs> and said, you know what? I got to throw fear to the wind and take those L's and turn them into lessons. And a big part of the foundation of these two is where it comes from. So, yeah. And then you think that you just when you think you know it all, something's going to throw you a curveball. So for anybody out there that's had that curveball thrown, they're feeling discouraged, know that that's normal. Um, but the the thing comes for how you get back up, um, how, how you bounce back. And so for me, I'm going to say a big part in the, what I would advise any entrepreneur, care young, old, been in the game for a while, just started, um, learn your balance. Because on social media right now, everybody's going to tell you, do this to get six figures, do that, do this to get a thousand followers, this and a third, right? But that's their balance. That's what works for their business, for their body, for their time. Um, you got to learn your balance. And for me, I appreciate my sleep. So um, building a team <laughs> has helped me to not spend, you know, so late nights. You know, sometimes I find myself still having late nights, but it's because I'm in a creative groove that I want to stay in. Not because I feel like this business won't run unless I'm up till 8 a.m. every, you know, you know, trying to power through the night, pulling all-nighters. You know, any college student is very familiar with an all-nighter. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely, I guess, to kind of like more directly answer your question, yes, there's been a ton of times I felt I wanted to give up. Um, I'm actually just coming out of a spell where I felt like, what am mm. I going to do? Um, there's going to be times where you're not inspired, but it's not about how many times you didn't feel motivated or you didn't feel uninspired because that's normal. It's about how many times you got up. So you knocked me down nine times, but I got up 10. Like, I think my girl Cardi said that. So like, you know, I'm not going to stay down. So I think the biggest part is, is finding that balance. And when you get, when you find yourself getting rocky, that's, that's how you, you get back home. That's your North star is, that balance and that peace. So you got to find yours. You, you can't, you can't look at what's on everybody else's plate to know what you eating, you know? So, yeah. You're giving out a lot of free game on this podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the listeners really listening, but you, you draw, <laughs> you draw some gems there. I hope that people really take the time to digest what you said, because I think one of the main things I wanted to highlight from what you said is that you value rest. I think too often in the social media age, you go to Black Hustlers Instagram page or like Black mm -hmm. Billionaires Club and it's like, nah, like y'all going to sleep at midnight. You're supposed to be up till five o'clock in the morning making dollars. It's what? like, nah, like you you can get some shut eye a little bit. Like you gotta <laughs> you gotta make sure that you're taking care of yourself holistically and knowing when to push yourself, knowing when you have that balance. So I think, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of beautiful gems there. So thank you for that. No problem. Yeah. Thank you. And then uh the last main question is just where can folks find you? I think uh when it comes to whether they want to purchase cosmetics, if they want marketing advice, how can folks find you? 
So um, when it comes to cosmetic skin and hair care, all natural um, made with melanated skin and curly hair in mind, right? You can find me at Black Vanity Cosmetics. That's on TikTok. That's on Instagram. And then on Facebook, Black Vanity Cosmetics as well. And then our website is shopblackvanitycosmetics.com. Um, we have new collections coming in 2022, I mean, 2023, including a Barrett Care line. So we're roping in our men and trying to encourage anyone who identifies as a man to still practice self-care um, because self-care does not have a gender. Self-care is not a woman's thing. It's an everybody thing. Um, so that's Black Vanity. That's where you can find us and all of the updates. And you can join our email newsletter on our website. And then the Hustle Lab, which is a digital marketing agency. So we do uh, kind of similar to what you're doing. Like we're like the behind the scenes with the podcast, social media, email marketing, all of that. You can find that um, at the Hustle Lab LLC across all platforms as well. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And then you can also find us at thehustlelabllc.com, which is our website. Um, yeah, and any of those platforms more than likely have like our phone number, our email. Um, but definitely you can reach us via DM on Instagram or TikTok. I don't know if TikTok has DMs open to everybody, but if you follow us on TikTok. But yeah. Awesome. Um, I can't wait till that uh new line comes out in 2023. I'm gonna need to cop something for myself. Uh but <laughs> Any last shameless plugs, things coming soon? Any shout outs you want to give before we close out the episode? Definitely shout out to you, even though you're sitting right here, right? Shout out to you. Thank you for this. This was amazing. Great opportunity. Super organized onboarding process too. So kudos. Um, and definitely shout out to Black Beauty Near You and Jada. Uh, super dope. Um, as far as things coming up, I did get an opportunity. I was alerted with the opportunity as of last or two weeks ago, December 8th. Um, so Black Vanity will be hosting a New York Fashion Week show. Oh, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and that will be in September of 2023. And we're in the process of building our team because we're going to do something very different. We're going to do a collaborative piece where there's multiple designers as opposed to one designer with it's just all of their stuff we're going to come together and we're going to build a team because i am a big proponent of collaboration over competition so um that's coming up so you can check black vanity's um socials for more and join our info session on the 28th awesome well thank you so much akia for your time this afternoon uh, I definitely got to learn a lot about you as I knew nothing about you coming into today. Stalked your social media a couple of times to get some <laughs> questions going. Uh, but now I feel like I really know a lot about you, your hustle, your endeavors. And like I said, I got a lot more respect from Trenton today than I have for Trenton, New Jersey prior to today. So if anything, you put your city on in one person's heart and hopefully uh, we'll <laughs> see the benefits from more folks to come. Mm -hmm. uh, but Listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, make sure y'all tap in with Black Vanity Cosmetics and the Hustle Lab on social media. Give them a follow. Uh, go ahead and purchase something. I know Christmas is right around the corner. The holidays right around the corner. But even, you know, somebody's birthday coming up in the new year, you can buy something for. So uh, make sure you support our Black business. And thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of The Banquet Hall. We will catch you next time. Thank you. See you.